The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Frickin' Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg, and the Raiders are number two in the AFC West, not for long. That and more here on show four. Raider Nation, on today's show, we will have something very near and dear to me, you know. The first story is fags throwing flags. Yeah, say that 10 times. I am freaking sick of it, and you have to hear about it again. The postgame four. <laughs> the brownies. Epic contest. Oh my gosh. It is the turn. I can feel it. We're going to talk about it. And then, of course, a pregame for the Bear Rugs, because they are a freaking mess. That and the bone line, which is blowing up. Man, it's been so long since I've had the opportunity to do a positive show about a team going in the right direction. Freaking finally. Hell, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I love it. Yes, it's come down to this, fags throwing flags. Now, I have as much respect for the referees, the good ones, and there are a few good ones out there for sure. But the number of flags that have been thrown in the 2015 season is a freaking joke. Just a few short years ago, the average per team penalty was seven and a half penalties per team per game on average. And that was high then. I bitched about this then. This year, it's nine and a half. And if you take each freaking flag and you divide the time up that it stalls the fucking football game, it could be 15 minutes of wasted, crappy, bullcrap calling. Now listen... Yes, we get, sometimes it changes the game in our favor. Sometimes it screws us. We should be able to play through them. I understand that as well. However, this new thing that I'm seeing, which is blowing me away, and it should blow you away too, is the non-frickin' call. The flags go, the big fucking hoopla, and then the, the man in the white hat steps up and says there's no infraction on the play because all of us consecutively, all the referees have our heads in our ass. That's why. What happened to the professional referee? They're going to reach down and grab those cojones and either throw a fucking flag or don't throw it. But don't tell me you were gonna or you did and it was a mistake. If that's the situation, then fire every freaking dude 
in the zebra outfit. Get people in here that know what the fuck they're doing. Because this is complete ridiculousness. The non-frickin' call. Fags. Throwing flags. And that is all I have to say about that. It's the post-game for... I don't think so. <laughs> Not this time, Brownies. Three receivers right. Crabtree, Andre Holmes, Amari Cooper in and out. Murray to the right of Carr in the gun. Play action, throw end zone. Oh, Andre Holmes, touchdown! Raiders! Slot left, Lee Smith and Crabtree right. So two by two, Carr back. Looking left for Seth Roberts, back corner of the end zone. He's got it! Touchdown! Inside, Hartline outside, account throws right. Benjamin intercepted by Charles Woodson. He's got it in the field of play. The Raiders take over. Charles Woodson with the interception. Raiders break the road losing streak. They didn't win on the road last year. They lost 19 of 20. They win 27-20. They hang on, and you heard Pop's calls here at 95-7 the game. Charles Woodson ends it with the interception. How about that? You get a little nervous there at the end? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, they were coming down trying to tie the game, but I felt like the Raiders would come up with a play there. And he, had, Josh McCown did not have a good game. His first half was uneven. And in retrospect, I think the time he felt, uh, the time he was away from the team with the concussion and the time he was missing in practice, he was just off in the first half. He was getting consistent pressure, but he had a couple of throws he just missed on, and it took him a half to loosen up but that that play the Raiders played a cover two they changed their coverages first two weeks all they played was either a cover one or a cover three that's all they played and this week they they played some coverages I'm gonna have to go back and watch it later in the week to figure out exactly what they were playing but they played a lot of cover two and that was a cover two and they the tight end Barnage who was wide open most of the day was open over the middle, and that was the play yep. call. And Josh just decided to drive it down the field, and Charles had a hunch, and he's got to play. You know, he's the guy behind uh, Amerson on that play, and he jumped it. But when I saw Benjamin get open down the sideline. My heart began to flutter because I thought, if that guy catches the ball and Charles is coming at him, it, he, he Charles may miss him. Charles is not rapping with that shoulder. He played better yesterday, but yeah, for a moment I thought, this may not end well here. Yeah, uh, they get the win defensively. Like you said, they change. They play a five-man front. Uh, I thought that in the secondary as well. T.J. Carey goes to safety. Uh, you know, they they got some plays, they got some yards, but I thought I didn't think that there was the egregious coverage issues. You know, I thought maybe on the the slant pattern of Benjamin Hayden could have been a little closer, but I didn't see a lot of huge holes in the secondary like you had seen through the first couple of weeks. Much better. Well, I thought it was chancy, and it was the head coach's call to do this. Uh, there's reason for it. Benjamin was the one big guy you had to worry about, and he's the guy that's going to go over the top of your defense. And if you and they had him, by the way, on that final drive, if if Mack wouldn't have got there, they had him deep over Thorpe on that uh, down the left sideline when they when they, they got underthrew back. it. Josh underthrew it, yeah. and right then at that play, when Thorpe got beat, I said to myself, "Why why don't we play? Why don't we just flip it? Yep. Put Carey back at corner and bring in another safety." And the next snap, they did. So part of me. I like T.J. Carey, and you're concerned about over-the-top with Benjamin Speed. The other guys are just guys. I mean, Hartline, I think, is their most polished route runner. they got a bunch of punt returners playing receiver. Uh, this, you know, Josh Gordon uh, being suspended the whole year really has hurt their, their, their passing game. That guy's a great receiver, can run any route. Benjamin mainly is going to beat you over the top. And it was a little, when I first found out what they were doing, 
I thought you're going to take your best cornerback and make him a safety? Well, where's the logic in that? But it, it did work for most of the game. But I think the bigger change was going to a five-man front. And they played a five. It was a bare front. The three down defensive tackles and then Khalil and Alden up, but tight. And on first down, they came almost every single time. So you were rushing five against their five. And I think it, it flew John, it threw John Filippo off. Uh, they, they're a stretch running game. The Raiders were slamming the run game. They never quite knew who to block. And you're, you're widening Alden and Khalil. You know, Alden played an outside backer in a 3-4. He's not a, a D-end. You know, he's not, he's not playing five technique. He's playing outside. And it widens him where he's outside the tackle, and that's where he's good. And, and Khalil, last year he got a lot of matchups with tight ends. He's better wide. He had a couple of great moves, uh, a swim move, yeah. a 360 spin back to the middle. Uh, I thought the Raider front dominated the game. You still got some issues with the linebacking core. Curtis Lofton, the plan was for him not to play three downs. He's a first no, down, no. maybe a second down linebacker. Mm-hmm. But Ray Ray has been so poor, although he gave you some good snaps yesterday. Yeah, you got to play Lofton uh, more, and that's why you're having a hard time in part covering tight ends because you're just slow over the middle of the field. Uh, 888-957-9570 if you want to get into the Raiders they beat the Browns 27-20 offensively Carr 20-32 3-14 couple of nice touchdowns even missed a couple that he could have had uh, missed Crabtree a couple times but uh, 116 rating just once on the slant high he he didn't miss many throws yesterday he was was much better I mean he was night and day from what he was in, in week one Oh, but he played well in week two. He just made yeah, a couple of bad. I think he's coming. But to go on you know, the road and do that like oh, that. That's... I, you know, I've been hard on Derek because it's all about choices with the ball. And even during his rookie year, uh, he just made poor choices on where to go with the ball. The, I think the best throw he made was the one before halftime when he hit Seth Roberts yeah. on that shallow cross. He was looking downfield, and he went to his third guy, and Seth ran that shallow cross out to the right. He was wide open, just an easy throw, and he had 30 yards of green pasture to run. All of a sudden, you're in touchdown range, and then he makes the great throw to Roberts on a really clever move where he stopped and then spun out a 360 spin, got to the pylon, matched up with a linebacker. Derek Carr was just excellent yesterday. Excellent. Plus, you're looking at all the skill guys, and I was, I was watching uh, Seattle and the Bears for a while, and Seattle ended up beating them 26 to nothing, but the Bears' defense is pretty good, but Seattle's offense is not very good. And I was, I was Tyler thinking, Lockett especially. Yeah, it was a great I watched return. a lot of that game yeah. on, the, on the bus and the plane. But what I was thinking was is that they, you know, Chicago, it, obviously, Klaus is not very good, but defensively, they're pretty good. And to have all these different weapons, uh, Murray goes for 139. Cooper did have the fumble, but he went 8 for 134. They got him in there early. We know Crabtree can do it. You're starting to see flashes from Seth Roberts. Carr is starting to play. You're starting to see some of these young weapons uh, get going, and, and I think they have a much better offense in Seattle. So I don't, I don't think they're going to score 30 against Chicago, but I think that they're going to be fine there, and it's good to see the weapons start to start well, moving. Seattle's offense is going to get there. They're, they're they weren't find just a way yesterday, they weren't. They're fine, John. They're going to use Jimmy Graham. They targeted Graham a lot in game one, not as much in game two. He was taken away. Uh, but this game, they're, they're, Seattle's got a lot of weapons. I wouldn't put us on that level. But the, the, the point is that Amari Cooper is a special player, and he changes everything. I Run mean, the way, the way to tell that a guy is special, you call him the, you know, the first 15, 18 scripted plays. A lot of coaches call him the openers. Do the Raiders call up 89's number on that uh, the first 15 a lot? It was awesome. He's, like, involved in every play. And the first two weeks, he dropped a couple. He was getting mugged and beat up. He couldn't get off press man. And then yesterday, I mean, uh, Darrell Rivas is great. Richard Sherman's great. He plays more bail technique. Joe Hayden 
though, uh, he, with his feet and the way he plays press man, there aren't many better. When you go, he goes up against a bigger guy. He had a hard time with Brandon Marshall in New York the first game. But a guy like Amari, that was going to be a real big matchup. And Hayden followed him around. And Amari completely toasted him. Early in the game, he burned him. And he got off press man. He spun out of a little curl route. He ran after the catch. The guy is going to be great. Now, I remember when we had Cliff Branch on, and Cliff threw some amazing numbers. What, uh, 100 catches and 10 touchdowns? Yeah. I, I, I said just book him for 75 catches. He's got to get five a game, maybe even more. He may get 90. I mean, if he gets, what, five a game is 90. Mm-hmm. If he plays all 16, I, I think he'll, you know, 80 or 90, he'll get right in there easily. And I think as he goes along, there's no question when you go into a game against the Raiders, 89 is the guy you're you worried about. You have to start about. planning. Yeah, they already are. I mean, they, they put Joe Hayden on him. Yep. Hayden went right at him, and they said, Joe, you got 89. You're going to mug him, follow him wherever he goes. And you know what? He couldn't handle 89. And he got hurt. Joe went back up the tunnel and came back. But when they brought him back, John, he did not shadow 89 anymore. He just played his side. So I think he realized we better just match up here because 89 is really special. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, too, is like you said, he... he He's great at catching the ball. He's a, he's a smooth route runner. But the thing I think I es- underestimated when he was coming out is his run after the catch ability oh, is special. That was the deal. I don't like him returning punts much. but I, and, oh, and, and he made a mistake going back he, inside the well, 10. But his, I, I, his run after the catch is special. Oh, he can return a punt. He's got to be able to catch the punt. Yeah. And that was a weird one because he was on the opposite hash. He had to go across, and it was blasted. Once he let it bounce and roll, he was in trouble. But he can return a punt. I'm, you know, worried about him getting. Yeah, hurt. I'm just, I, he's too first. important to the offense. Well, I mean, they there's some great players in this league that are back on punt return. You don't think uh, that little receiver in Pittsburgh's important to their offense? Yeah. Antonio Brown returns punts, and that's the skill set that Amari has. He had. There's nothing he cannot do as a wide receiver. In fact, Derek was talking after the game, and I hadn't thought about it, but they were saying, "What's what's Amari's favorite route? All of them. There, there's there's nothing he cannot run from a bubble, a smoke." to an in, to an out, to a slant, to a skinny post, to a post, to a nine. He can run the entire tree. And he can also, most guys that run those routes are not gifted broken field runners. He is like Antonio Brown, but he's probably a smoother route runner than Antonio Brown. But his skill set is the run after the catch. When you watch him in Alabama, Lane Kiffin threw more smoke routes to him, bubble screens. That was like a pro offense. They kept feeding him the ball at Alabama, and I, he would be a great punt returner. It's just a little risky, but kickoff returners get hurt more than punt returners. I'm going to knock on wood to make sure he doesn't get hurt. But he is he is gifted. I don't know why you took T.J. Carey out, maybe because he was moved to safety. Um, he's playing corner, and he goes back and returns punts, and he's pretty good at it. Yeah, but Amari, Amari could be explosive. His skill, he has every skill imaginable, but he is he's a great broken field runner. In week three of the season, the Oakland Raiders traveled to Cleveland, Ohio to face the Brownies and the Dog Pound. What a game. On a beautiful fall day, the Raiders came out all business. Just the look of the team on the sideline, just to see the focus of the team, I really could tell that there was a different energy. I'm not just talking about myself. I'm sure you felt the same thing. They meant frickin' business. And when the ball was snapped, that's what happened. With precision, Derek Carr moves the offense all the way down the field for a score and took the Browns 
and the dog pound out of the equation. It was no piece of cake by any stretch because the next three series, the Raiders were three and out. But the defense rose to the occasion at the right times to make the plays. The NFL conversation starts now with Papa and Lund on 95.7 The Game. Thank you so much for joining us. We're already hitting the uh, debate. Football Hour, we do it every Tuesday from 1 to 2. Lo is here. Bill Romanowski is here. Pop is here. I am here. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. We're going to talk at Niners, Raiders. We were just talking to five-man front or the bear front for the uh, for the Raiders. Uh, Romo was just explaining that. Obviously, the uh, Niners get beat 47-7. Kaepernick, uh, he took it upon himself, and a lot of people are talking about him as the culprit of that. And, of course, the Raiders, Carter Cooper, the five sacks, et cetera. We'll get into those conversations as well. The uh, Raiders at 2-1. and one. And the Niners have lost two in a row after beating Minnesota. They lose at Pittsburgh and at Arizona uh, in uh, embarrassing fashion. And then welcome Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, who won last night <laughs> against Kansas City. So that's not good. Let's flip it over. Let's go to the defensive side. You, you can talk all about defense. We have plenty of time. What do you want to hit with the guys? Uh, the five-man front. I mean, the Raiders, what they did defensively was just change everything. I mean, the, the first game against the Bengals, they couldn't score. Second game, the offense saved them. The first two games, they gave up 33 points on average, almost 890 yards. They, the defensive coaches were, they made a radical change. And it was the head coach that came in and said, first of all, we're going to move our best corner to safety. I'm like, what? You're going to put TJ Carey at safety? But on top of that, and it was not talked about enough in the media, I'm not sure people realize, they went to a, a five-man front. Khalil Mack on one end, and, and they benched Ray Ray Armstrong, something we talked about the last couple of weeks. Alden Smith played in the base, and I don't know if it was a bare front bail. You can explain the intricacies of the difference, or if it was a straight 34, but I, and on, on first down, they brought five just about every snap. Those guys weren't dropping like a true 34, where Khalil's dropping one play. Yeah. Alden, they brought five, and I think it screwed up the Cleveland Browns outside run game, and they didn't figure out till late in the game. They got 39 yards rushing. They didn't figure it out the whole day. So when you change your front like that in one week and change your back end and the players go out and execute it, that's pretty impressive. I, I saw a couple last week where they were in that front. There were a couple times, but then they showed a lot more. Only thing different is over the tight end, you know, call that a wide seven or even almost wide a nine. nine. Yeah, they're way out there. They're way out there. So that's where it's different than a traditional 3-4 because a, a traditional 3-4, the outside linebacker is usually right over that tight end. He's tighter. And, tighter. Yeah, he's tighter over the tight end. And what he'll do is he'll force him to make an outside release and then either he'll rush or he'll drop. Or And if he rushes, usually the Alden, who's on the open side, will drop. You know, that's your more of your traditional. But as you said, they brought it and they brought all five. So they're basically just blitzing out of a modified 3-4 look. And that's something, Lo, we didn't think Ken Norton would do. We, you know, we thought the first game, he blitzed like three. He brought, you know, a blitz in the NFL is bringing more than four. They brought five, I think three snaps. The second game, they brought more. You have to go back and count it. And first and ten, they brought five or more, more than 50% of the snaps. And then you change your secondary. They were playing the Seattle Defense, cover one, cover three. These are radical changes you're making middle of the year, and it worked beautifully the first game out. 
Yeah, it was interesting to watch him just go scheme-wise defense. Like you said, Bill, looks sometimes like a bear. It looks sort of like 3-4. When usually when I see the bear, you have a skin bear. That's when the skin means it ends outside of the linebacker. Linebackers inside of the – man, you can go the bear, skin bear, different ways that they can disguise different coverages and also fronts. But they look like they're running that tradition, like you're talking about 3-4, but then they're bringing them a four-down four lineman at times because sometimes even Alden had his hand down, I thought, in the dirt a couple of times out there on defense. So they're just – going after and saying, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play three underneath, we're going to play three behind there, and we're going to say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to bring five, and we're going to drop those three here and both and say, look, we're going to bet before you can get through those zones or get through some of the man on that side, this front five is going to get to you. So when you have those layers here, you have three here, three behind. So if you can do three and three and keep those guys in front of you and make quarterbacks throw through those windows and play some zone, it gets pretty tough at times. You know, and then what they did on, like, you look at the sacks they got, you yeah, know, fine. those were blitzes. You know, Ray Ray Malcolm Armstrong Smith got one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ball got a sack. Yep. Yep. There Ball he came, two. you know, little dog where he kind of scraped through the middle. And then, uh, you know, Ray Khalil Ray had two. Khalil yeah, Khalil had two. So, you know, that's what I liked is that the defense was active. They were yep. making plays. Malcolm Smith got the other okay. one. Okay, yeah. it, it was almost like the, they weren't reacting. They were attacking. And that seemed to be the difference to me where yeah, it seemed like the first two weeks yeah. they were they were in reaction mode versus, you know what, we're going to line up and we're going to attack this team and we're going to make them react to us. DJ Hayden was making plays. Everybody on the defense was making plays. And the defensive line was mauling the quarterback. McGown was beaten, battered, and freaking bruised. You got to give it to the guy for getting the ball out because every time he did, he got just hammered. Four sacks in this game for the defense. I say, yeah, finally, the Oakland Raiders defense is starting to start to produce, and they're playing like a team. Having no sacks this season until Ray Ray Armstrong, yes, I said it, Ray Ray Armstrong, gets the first sack of the day, and it got better from there. Malcolm Smith, another sack, number two. Hey, close right, close right, close right, right. <laughs> Khalil Mack hits the third sack, and Mr. Bell gets the fourth sack. This is a defense that is spreading things around. We're starting to see some blitz packages finally, and for the first time, Woodson isn't the number one tackler or sack maker on this defense. It is refreshing. They were after it. Now, they, they're giving up that seam pass to the tight end. Don't ask me why. Which I suppose one of the few uh, blemishes in your uh, defensive performance was against the tight end. This is for what, third week in a row that's hurt you. What can you do to, to stop that? We're going to try and see if we can remove that. There's a, there's a cloaking device, I think, that they have. <laughs> Somehow they're going right down the field without us being able to see them. We're going to see if we can remove that cloaking device. 
It's as simple as that, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it is actually very simple, but uh, we haven't done it very well to start the year. But uh, we're, we're, we've certainly addressed it, and we'll continue to work on it. We could do some things about that. We could run Smith across the defensive line and, and chip the, the tight end. I mean, there's a lot of things we could do, but we're getting torched by everybody's tight end. This must change. I think that they're growing together as a defense, though. It was so freaking refreshing. And the last play of the game. <laughs> Holy crap. Charles Woodson. 38 seconds in the game. 61st career interception. One interception for each of his 18 seasons. There's only one other guy in history that ever did that. And that guy didn't do this. 20 sacks. So with those two stats, Charles Woodson, Sir Charles, has got a for sure seat in the Hall of Fame. First ballot Hall of Famer. There is no freaking doubt. Man, we got to come up with stops. You know, we uh, allowed them to, you know, claw back into the game there late. And, I mean, they got a chance late in the game. And, uh, you know, somebody's got to come up with a play. And that uh, could be me. The last couple of weeks, man, to be able to pull out a tough game, man, is uh, really huge for this team. Culture change? It's coming, man. Slowly but surely. It's a long season. Um, it feels good to be 2-1, but... I mean, I'll say it again, just like I said last week, there's a lot of things that we can correct and uh, we'll be able to get that. Back to the last play of that, that the defensive play that you made. You're, you're out there playing center field. Were you, were you baiting him to make the throw it? No, I think he tried to bait me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they got, they got uh, one of the fastest guy on the field out there out wide, and so I just made sure I kept my eye on him. What was said in the huddle before you guys did take the field as a defense on that Browns final drive? You know, the, the basic stuff. You got to come up with a stop. You know, it was, uh, it was up to us at that point. You know, they had, uh, I think, a little over two minutes, you know, um, with the ball back. You know, backed up. Great job by Taiwan, you know, uh, catching that ball and getting it back in bounds at the one-yard, one, two-yard line or whatever it was and making them have to go the distance. But at some point, you got to come up with a play. We let them, you know, get down, you know, past our 50-yard line um, with a shot to take a shot, you know, towards the end zone. So uh, it was all about coming up with a play. Well, the defense gives up 66 points through the first two weeks. And you held them to 20. Could have been, I guess, you had the game winning. Well, that's, that's improvement. Yeah, so what's yeah. been the big difference? Um, I think today, I think we, you know, first half we, we put it together team-wise. This game was so exciting and so fun, and I felt so proud. I mean, as as a Raider fan, I mean, didn't you feel it, man? I wanted to go outside and just freaking scream. Everybody I know congratulated me on our team's success. I mean, gosh, it is so refreshing. You know, the Raiders haven't started out this well since 2002. This is how good this team is. I am so blown away. Let me get back to this. In the second quarter, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny was being chanted from the ceiling. Let me tell you right now, people wanted anything to help them win this game. Not going to happen. Carr, 20 of 32 for 314 whopping yards, two TDs. Damn, that is freaking awesome. Spreads the ball around. They don't have, it's not just Cooper. They're trying to focus on Cooper, but... He's throwing it to Holmes. He's throwing it to Roberts. He's throwing it all over the field. If Streeter was healthy, he'd get the ball too. 
Murray, slow start in this game, but 139 freaking yards on 26 carries. This guy could be special. <laughs> Let me tell you, if we can continue to run the ball like this, it's going to be crazy. Reese, 55-yard scamper. He was cumbling, fumbling, bumbling his way through players. It was great to see. Coop, eight receptions, 134 yards. And Joe Hayden, one of the better cover corners in the league, was left holding his jockstrap as he watched Cooper run away with the football. It's the Football Hour, featuring four-time pro bowler Lorenzo Neal and four-time Super Bowl champion Bill Romanowski. The NFL conversation starts now with Papa and Lund on 95.7 The Game. How are you guys? What's up, Romo? Great day to be alive. Hello, Neil. Yeah. Thanks for giving up your nap. No, anything for you, Pops. Anything for you. All right, let's start uh, in a positive fashion. The uh, the Raiders and what they did. It's one thing for uh, Derek to do what he did at home and that team to do it what they did at home, and they beat the Ravens on the final drive. But they go on the road. They get the big lead. They hold on at the end. Charles gets the pick. Uh, Cooper with another 100-yard game. Murray breaks out in this game. Uh, just give me your thoughts overall. Let's start with you, Romo. Overall, just thoughts. What, what jumped out at you first, Browns and Raiders? Again, two weeks in a row, the offensive line. Didn't nobody got close uh, to Derek Carr, you know, and he was very decisive on point. Our receivers, hey, can't say enough about Amari Cooper. He goes at one of the better corners in the league in Joe Hayden Hmm. and eats him up for lunch. Okay, (laughs) Hayden was turned around. It, it, It was like he was going against a practice squad player. It looked like that. It looked that ridiculous. So put all that together, good running game. All of a sudden, you're throwing the ball well. What does that open up? It opens up the running game. Yeah. You know, so they start pounding. The, so there's nothing they can do. The next the next thing I want to see is getting our tight end involved. And all of a sudden, you do that. It's like, who's going to compete with us? What do you think, Lo? What, what, what jumped out? I love the fact that Amari Cooper now is going to start getting coverage dictated to him. See, everyone was surprised, you know, not us. We saw what this guy could do. We knew he was going to be a prolific receiver. But everyone's got to really watch. They're not doubling Amari Cooper. They're singling him up. And he's taking advantage of situations that the opportunity is there. That play when he had the longest catch of the game, I thought the offensive coordinator, again, Bill, schemed well because he was in slot. And you know who lined up on him? Whitner. Yeah, big mistake. Big mistake. Oh, yeah. But it was by design. That's what I love what coaches can do. I'm a huge believer in this. And all things being equal, players are going to make plays. Coaches' job is to make decisions to help determine the outcome of the game. I thought our coaching did a great job to help determine the outcome of the game. Bill Musgrave had a great game. That was a great play. Outstanding. I couldn't, I couldn't believe they, they they locked him up there. I think that was a zone, and Dante just kind of <laughs> followed him. Exactly. But that's the matchup you want. G- getting back to Amari, and Derek was fabulous. He was oh, so yeah. on point, complete yep. control, very poised, maybe his best game ever when you consider was on the road. Yep. But Amari Cooper, Special. dear Lord. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're not doubling him. But what they said was, we're going to put Joe Hayden on you. And Joe Hayden's job is to take him out of the game. And he could not. And they had to get him off. But look, look at uh, Amari from the first two weeks. Pac-Man Jones just grabbed him around the neck and choked him. And then, you know, Jimmy Smith was real physical with him. Hayden could not be physical. He got off a press man in three games. He figured it out. 
So now what does the league do with this guy? Because, I mean, if you're press manning him, he can get around you. If he can get off the jam, you're in trouble. You better have safety help over the well, top. What, what you got to do, do play is him now? you're going to have to play some form of two-trail where you got a safety over top, and the corner is going to try to get a jam and then take off with him and just stay underneath him. That's what you're going to have to do with him. Low coverage. Exactly. Yeah. Low coverage so, Otherwise, what what else can you do? And then you got Michael Crabtree on the other side. He's getting matchup advantages all over. The, for the passing game, the weapons they've given Derek in his second year. In the draft and free agency, big time. Whole different team. You know, and again, Holmes came up with yeah. some nice plays. Seth Roberts had that one series right before the half where he had the big... You know, yep. the big play, and sure. then he scored the touchdown. I mean. If you give a quarterback in this league, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, there are some elite quarterbacks. If you give time, it's no way you can beat them. And Carr is now is that young quarterback, that young-tier quarterback, Andrew Luck, Carr, if certain guys, not Tannehill, but if there's a group of those young guys, Russell, and you give them time, they'll shred you. And you've seen that. You see that. You see that the way that not this year he's not having a great year because he doesn't have time. You're talking about Andrew Luck. But if you give him four to five seconds, I don't care. He's going to shred your part. And Carr has that same type of vivado about him. If you give him time, he's going to eat you up. And then when you blitz him, he knows where the hots are coming. And his percentage even goes up even higher because he knows where the field is. He's a student of the game, and he gets the ball out of his hands. Is there something specific that is, as Pop said, not only did Cooper go from, you know, uh, Pac-Man throwing him down to, to Jimmy Smith to Joe Hayden now, but the whole offense did that. Derek has settled down. His, his, the first game, his throws were off. He was a little bit rushed and everything. But these last two against quality defensive backs, he's just settled in, whether it's the home or the road. What is that? What What you have now is a team that is starting to get a feeling where they know they can beat opposing defenses. So that kind of confidence, that kind of bravado when you take the field, I tell you what, that that is a lot. It's like I could feel it on defense when you're playing against certain teams and they walk out on the field and you're like, I tell you what, this is going to be a battle. You know, and that's man for man across the board can feel that. And now our offense, I think, can take the field pretty much against anybody. And if we can block that front, you know, that front, they can do damage. You know, the first week we were a little critical of the Raiders coaching staff. Or, you know, Hugh Jackson came in and out schemed him. And I want to get to that. Maybe we should do the next segment on the Raiders defense because yeah. they made no, profound changes. But. The Raider offense uh, and what Bill Musgrave is doing, you talk about the chess match, getting Amari against Dante Whitner, that's, you know, that's just great coaching. That's what Sean Payton does, Mike sure. McCarthy, the great ones do that. But I love, when, the one issue, and the Raiders were good at this last year, was in, inside the red zone. But that's where it gets a little tighter. When they jump into that quick no huddle, very Tom Brady-like, they make a first down, it's first and goal to go, and you see Derek Tuck touching his wrist, which means let's go fast. The team knows it too, yep. but, but they can't sub and they, they, they can't get into their exotic on the goal line, and you snap them one, you snap them twice. Murray's getting walk-ins because they're going so fast when they get in the first and goal situations. No question. I, I love to see Carr do that because that's what the great ones do. The Peyton Manning saying, let's go. They're talking about, oh, my, get guys to the line. Let's go with speed. Now you can pass or run. You pull, and then usually sometimes they catch them in nickel personnel and dime personnel. Carr understands the importance of doing it. What is he doing? He's spreading them out, and they got five DBs or sometimes six because they're going 
dime, and then they're running the ball against the four against four man fronts, and it works all the time. You know, he's able to do that because you know he's really bright. Yeah, you know, you you have to be able to handle the offense really well, which he's got a good grasp. We already know that, but you can tell that he he knows what he needs to do, where he needs to throw the ball, and he's executing, and he's doing it with guys that can get open. Guy, we didn't have receivers that could get out. You know, low. we used to watch the games yep. like yep. not only could they not catch, but they couldn't get open. And then they had trouble blocking up front. Now, this is the Browns. This is a dysfunctional team as well. They don't have their quarterback. Yes, sirree, but it is a professional freaking football team in the East where the Raiders haven't won for 13 straight games. God, it's great to see. And the thing I think is best, and let me just go to this right now because I, I just have to say it. There's a lot of fantasy bullshit out there and stats about this. I even heard this, that Bridgewater was as good as far as the t- statistics go as Green Bay's quarterback, <laughs> Rodgers. I, I mean, what idiocy is that? I mean, what kind of a moron would even put that on paper or have it coming out of their mouth? I don't know. Who, who gives a crap? But a lot of this shit that's coming out of news these days about stats and comparing players and comparing genres, all this is driven by this bullshit fantasy football. I think it's ridiculous. It's clouding the facts. The facts are the Raiders won this freaking game. They beat the Browns. They're 2-1. and one. Heading into Chicago. Way to fucking go, Raiders. Way to make it happen. And I'm going to tell you, Del Rio, <laughs> we've got a fucking coach for a change. I haven't been as, my wife and I were just blown away, running around like little kids. Unfreaking believable. Coach, thanks so much for joining us once again. Good to have you on. Congratulations on the road win. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Uh, Doing well, thank you. Thanks Uh, for having me on. It's great to have you on. Tell me a little bit about the atmosphere in the locker room after that one. Uh, It was was exciting. I mean, the guys were fired up. You know, we... uh, we won a game, uh, you know, against a good opponent at their place, and uh, took care of business and, and did it together. And I thought the guys were, you know, very excited about that. And you know, but but shortly after the game, you know, even the players started talking about, hey, we need to get ourselves ready for Chicago next week. I like that. I like that you move right along. But you know, there is an awful lot that happened here. Snapping a couple of streaks on the road, starting your winning streak this season, two games in a row now, and ending all that East Coast time zone futility. Is it something that you? think about or talk about or is that something the media just whacks back and forth like a tennis ball uh pretty much the tennis ball from the media but i I think from (laughs) our standpoint you know um we just we just talked about you know preparing well and going out and playing well and uh and that's that's where really where our focus is we're you know trying to dial in the opponent uh things they like to do things we want to do against them and and uh you know and, and and finish our preparation leading up into the game and you know travel with the right mentality and i thought thought we did all those things and uh I think when you do all that, you have a chance to just go out and play good football. Raider head coach Jack Del Rio on the Damon Bruce Show. Uh, Jack, did you get a game ball? Did I hear that correctly? 
Yeah, Derek handed me another game ball this week, so it was nice. But, you know, I, I told the team, I said, this is us. I mean, this is just what we're doing, and uh, it's, just, it's a reflection of everybody in this room. So, you know, thank you, but it's it's really all for you guys. Did Derek just have his best game as a pro? No, I don't think so. I don't no. mean like, like, like there'll never be more coming, but up to this point. Uh, I thought he, I thought he was better the week before. Really? Yeah, but I, I mean, he played good the last couple of weeks. He was. he was. He was very good and good enough to get you into the win column. It's obvious that your offensive coordinator, Bill Musgrave, in every game you're coming out and attacking Amari Cooper right away. Is it important to establish him early to get up the confidence between the two, or is that how you plan on jump-starting your offense and pulling attention away from Crabtree and Rivera and Roberts and Murray? No, I, I don't. I don't think there's you know anything like that um, that's in, that's in the works. I think basically you know we're we're putting a plan together each week to go after that opponent, and uh, you know we, we we've got our list of plays that we want to get to early in the game, and um, it's just kind of it's just kind of worked out that way. You ever see a rookie wide receiver take to uh, the league quite the way Amari has? Yeah, there've been some good players that have come in come in this league, and um, you know what I'm most excited about is you know the way he works, you know the way he's you know unselfish, the way he'll block for his teammates downfield, uh, the way he you know the way he comes into this building every day with uh, with a serious nature and ready to work on his skill set. That's what that's what excites me the most. Jack, how excited are you about your offensive line? Well, I think it, I think it starts in the trenches, and there's still some things we need to clean up. You know, I mean, they, they've done a nice job keeping our quarterback clean, uh, and they've done they did a nice job getting some holes opened up. You know, we've we've got to work on the procedural things. You know, we just we don't want to be a football team that uh, that has problems. Uh, you know, pre-snap, and we're look, we're looking to clean that that area up. You know, Khalil Mack got into the backfield. He had two of the I think five sacks on the afternoon. Dan Williams, I thought, was a big reason why he had more snaps than the week before, and I think he just takes up so much attention in the middle there. You happy with the way your front seven played? I thought that was without a doubt their best game of the year. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think uh, I think you know it, it really starts in the trenches. You know, offensive and defensive lines, and I I did feel like uh, defensively we took a step forward in 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 large part to the the active uh, defensive front and the pressure we were able to generate on the quarterback. Head coach Jack Del Rio here on ninety five seven The Game, Charles Woodson. 18 consecutive seasons with at least one pick. He had the game deciding, winning. It goes no further than right here play in Cleveland. Uh, sticking it to the state of Ohio once again. <laughs> he's, he's done a lot of that throughout his career. What does he mean to your team? I know we talked about this a little last week. He went out there, played hurt again, and played a, a really good game. He might have lost a step and taken a bad angle on one play, but, boy, I mean, he, he brings a lot of intangibles. Yeah, no, he does. He's uh, he's certainly got tremendous ball skills, and you know we had to have a play at the end there. We talked about you know whether it's a sack fumble, whether it's an interception. We want to come up with a play to close this game on defense, and uh, he did a heck of a job going up and getting that ball. Did you think you might see a quarterback change at any point in time in that game from Cleveland? Uh, we were prepared for it. You know, we we talked about it at halftime in case it in case it did happen, and. Uh, you know, wanted to make sure that we understood the little nuances that uh, that may apply with the, with a different quarterback and his approach. Coach, starting to to look ahead to the season as a whole. I know you got Amari Cooper back there on punt return right now, and and I'm not saying that it would be due to his gaff yesterday where he sort of ran backwards. There is there thought about getting him off the field on punt return? I think he's just too valuable to be back there. Not a lot of number one wide receivers are are back returning punts. 
Well, you know, you, you say that, um, but, you know, the wide receiver is going to catch a bubble screen or he's going to catch a pass and he's going to go do the same thing. He's going to go run with the football. So, um, you know, we'll be we'll pick our spots when we put him back there, but uh, we think he's a weapon and you know, we'll look for, look for opportunities to get him involved. How much can you learn about a team when you look at the tape and see they cross the 50 once like Chicago did up in Seattle? Well, that's just one. That's just one day. You know, it's it's one day, one game. Uh, you know, we we don't make too much about one game or one day. Uh, we certainly know that uh, you know a lot of different things can go down in one particular day or one game. Uh, so we'll get ourselves prepared for the football team. And uh, and listen, I, I I can assure you this. Uh, you know, I spent the last three years with with John Fox. I know the kind of coach he is. And uh, you know, it uh, started back in 2002 when he gave my first opportunity as a coordinator. I know the kind of kind of coach he is and how he gets his teams ready. And he'll have his team ready. We need to get our team ready. You know, you talk about it's never just one week. It's never just one game. And that was sort of the theme of how we opened today's show. It's not just what the Raiders are doing. It's the direction that they're now decidedly pointed in. You've been around young, growing teams. In Jacksonville, you were around a young team gelling together, becoming more dangerous by the practice, by the game, by the week. Do you feel that the Oakland Raider team has, has changed its culture already? Well, we we started changing the culture the the minute we we arrived here, you know, uh, during this off season. So we we put a lot of work in, and um, there's no question that we've changed the culture, and there's no question that we've done a lot of work and, and accomplished a great deal. And there's also no question that there's a lot of work in front of us. So, you know, for me, it's about coming in here with uh, respect uh, for each other, with. Uh, you know, us coming to work every day with great positive energy and uh, being willing to sacrifice and grind for each other. Well, looking ahead, if it's not Jay Cutler, it's Jimmy Clausen. How much does that change your preparation for Chicago? Well, we'll, we'll prepare for the uh, system. You know, we'll prepare for the, uh, you know, the offense, the system. I was with uh, with Gase. You know, in Denver, I know he's got some some really good play design, some really good offensive thoughts. Uh, I know Vic Fangio does a great job on defense. So, you know, we'll get prepared for their for their football team and their systems, and and understand understand some of the different nuances that uh, each different quarterback might bring. Same seating chart on the plane to Chicago. You going to change anything up from the trip to Cleveland? Oh, there'll be a couple things we think we can do better, but that's all pretty much in-house stuff. Well, I appreciate it, Coach. Thanks very much. I enjoy your matter-of-fact answers and you joining us once again here. Good uh, good luck to you as you prepare for Chicago. And I tell you, a lot of people are going to be expecting you to come back from Soldier Field 3-1. and one. Well, we certainly appreciate the support. You know, I can just assure you this. Every week we are putting our very best effort forward. You know, we, we want to we make ourselves proud and make the Raider Nation proud. But uh, each and every week we put everything we have into each ball game. Raider head coach Jack Del Rio. Thank you very much, Jack. You bet. Thank you. I'll tell you right now, it's time. The worm has freaking turned, and I don't care about the rest of the season. What I'm seeing right now is competitive football, gutsy football, smart football, and, man, it isn't since the 1970s when Al Davis picked the great players like Stabler, and then the next draft we got you know, Velopiano, and we got Tatum, and all this team was young and full of talent and good players, and they were the younger team in the NFL. That is where the Raiders sit as I speak 
right now. Amazing place to be after so many failures in this organization. We are here to see success turn right now. <laughs> I know we just beat the Browns. It's like we won the Super Bowl. I am freaking happy. Good job, Raiders. And that is all I have to say about that. Next, the pregame for the Bear Rugs. <laughs> I love it. They're a freaking mess. The Chicago Bears are dismantling before our very eyes. They got rid of Jared Allen today and another player. John Fox, their new head coach, is wasting no time getting rid of the headaches in Chicago. I believe Jay Cutler will shortly leave there, but that means nothing to us because we're playing them this Sunday. Of the four teams that remain winless in the NFL, the Chicago Bears are really the worst when it comes to stats and generally the overall team. The Seacocks kept them to seven, count them, seven first downs, and in 10 series, they punted the ball every single one. With Jay Cutler out due to injury, Jimmy Clausen, <laughs> and I don't mean the pickle. Well, he is a pickle because he's, he's struggling big time. Their line is a mess. The team is a mess. And it's a perfect trap for the Oakland Raiders. Chicago Bears traded uh, defensive end Jared Allen earlier in the week, and they've had some other changes on defense recently. What are your thoughts going against the Chicago Bears defense, especially your familiarity with Coach John Fox? Yeah, uh, Vic Fangio is basically the defense coordinator. Uh, he's done a great job in his in his time in the league of putting good defenses together. I think, uh, you know, with Jared, he was really more of a 4-3 end, and I think they found a place for him where they got value for for themselves as they move forward. But, you know, uh, a good unit that, uh, that's got some good people up front, and uh, we've got to get ourselves ready. Talked about the offensive line a lot on Monday in, in your press conference. What kind of uh, effect has Mike Tice had on the coaching staff and what's going on with that, that unit? Well, I think, you know, to start the year, I think, um, you know, a lot of work has, has gone into teaching and developing and, and will continue. And, uh, you know, Mike is a, uh, is a guy that's been in this game a long time, has a wealth of experience, and I think he's done a good job of, of, uh, of coaching up the guys and developing the guys and um, building their confidence. There's some uncertainty as who may play quarterback for the Bears if Cutler can come back. And do you have to prepare any differently for their different quarterbacks, or are they pretty similar depending on who's out there? Uh, no, they're not similar. I think there's a big difference between Jay Cutler and, and the other guys. Uh, that's not to slight them, but he's a more accomplished player. Uh, you know, Jay's a good football player. He's got tremendous arm talent. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we're uh, prepared for him. I would expect him to go. If he, if he doesn't go, we'll be prepared for the backups. Tight end Martellus Bennett is their leading receiver. You made a, a joke about uh, the cloaking device on the opposing team's yeah. tight end. Uh, any thoughts on facing Bennett this week and what you got to do to slow him down? Yeah, I mean, uh, take care of our business. You know, he's a good player. Uh, he's a big weapon for him. Uh, Alshon outside and him inside. and uh, they, 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 
you know, Royal in the slot. I mean, they've, they've got some good weapons. Uh, and so, you know, it, it'll be a tough matchup for us. You know, we're getting prepared uh, to meet the challenge. We've been there before. We've had seven straight losing teams. The team lost seven straight in a row come into Oakland when we were playing pretty good and beat us. There is no team in the NFL that can't beat another team. You know, it just takes the right calls. It takes the right desire. And this is the biggest trap I could think of. Yes, Chicago's a mess, but we're playing in their house. They have pride. They've got good coaches. John Fox is, you know, he's not a dummy. He's brought these teams back from the brink of destruction a few times already. Not to say he could do it this time, but it's totally possible with with his staff. He used to be Del Rio's boss in Bronco country, let's not forget. Coach, with the history with you and John Fox going as far back as you do, does that add to the sort of cat and mouse? You guys know each other's tendencies, you know each other so well. That just adds to, I mean, look, it, it was that way when we started against Cincy with Marvin. I mean, I've known Marvin, good friends with Marvin. Uh, you want to beat the guys you know real bad, all right? That's just how it is. I mean, he wants to beat me real bad. I want to beat him real bad. So we'll get our teams prepared, and uh, I wish it could be him and I wrestling on the 50, but uh, <laughs> that's not going to come down. I think Foxy might still take me, a pretty tough guy, but... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's going to be our two teams going at each other, and, uh, you know, it should be, should be a good battle. As a longtime Raider fan, I could just say this, never overlook a winless team, a desperate team, especially when they're in their own house. They have pride to p- play for, and trust me, these guys could rise to the occasion and be super freaks. <laughs> super freaky. Let's hope not. Let's hope we put the blanket on these guys and end it because statistically speaking, we should kick their ass. But like Del Rio says, and I love this freaking quote, and I want to get this somewhere recorded by him. Respect everybody, fear nobody. We, we respect everybody. We, we fear nobody. I like this coach. You have to love him, really. The Raiders should be able to taxidermy the Bears and hang them on the wall. Let's hope so. Raider Nation, we could be home with a 3-1 and record playing the Bronco hose in our house. Oh, baby, you better get your ass at the Coliseum for that one. And that is all I have to say about that. You know you can do it. Get on the bone line, ladies. I'm calling you out. The Raiders have turned a corner. You got to get on this bone line and express your satisfaction with this team, man. It is amazing. What is up, Raider Nation? Our first caller is Raider Rubin from North Carolina with the phrase of the day. Let it out, bro. <laughs> hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is uh, Rubin from North Carolina calling. And I just got one thing to say. I'll make it quick and short. 
And this is it. Uh, if it's brown, flush it down. Go Raiders. Freaking classic, my man. Perfect way to start the phone line. Now our next caller is Carson Raider. Listen to his story, though, man. Very familiar tone to a lot of fans. What's up, bro? Raiders. This is Carson Raider. Uh, long-time listener. First-time caller. But I was born a Raider fan, man. And I just got to say, in my generation, I haven't seen the Raiders do excellence. I, uh, the last time I saw the Raiders go to a Super Bowl was in 2002. And I think I just got to leave it at that. But ever since then, I haven't seen the Raiders be successful. And I got to say, that right now the Raiders look like the real deal, man, and I'm so happy I finally get to see them win back-to-back games. And just a little observations. Um, offense looks phenomenal. I mean, Latavius Murray was really good. Cooper, man, this guy is putting Hayden, a top-tier cornerback, on roller skates. I mean, When's the last time you saw a rookie wide receiver put top-tier cornerbacks on roller skates, man? I mean, this guy is phenomenal. He did it first with Patrick Peterson and now with Hayden. Cooper, man, wow. That's all I got to say. Everyone had a player, too, uh, from the running back to Marcel Reeves to the wide receivers. Uh, The chemistry looks like it's there, and I'm really happy for that. Defense was solid. I just want them to see uh, see them come together a little bit more. And that secondary it just kills me because Josh McCown was just throwing deep balls and we were, they were just getting burnt all the time. And if you get another better quarterback and another better wide receiver, those things would turn into big plays. So I hope uh, the defense keeps on working so we can at least make some good stops. But overall, man, I'm just so happy to see my Reds winning 2-1. and one. Charges off today, and hopefully the Denver Broncos lose today, too. I mean, the Denver Donkeys. I'm, I'm sorry about that, but love you guys. I love this podcast because there's no other nation than the Raider Nation, and this podcast makes this community so special. I call myself the Carson Raider because uh, I'm from Carson, where the Raiders are maybe going to move over here, but if not, you know my love is always for the Bay, and always keep it together, nation. Woo! Nicely done, brother. And next, from behind the orange curtain, my very good brother, Raider Ng. Money man has smoking. <laughs> I love it. What's up, brother? Raider Nation, yes, motherfucking yes. This is this is Raider Ng from South OC. Fuck, and finally, Sundays are getting better. This this season, and before I get into anything, I just want to say the last week's show was awesome because I I have to say I've always loved this podcast, but when we win, it's it's fucking thousand times better. I mean, uh, Money Man has smoke has spoken has spoken has spoken. Uh, I always uh, you know we always kind of dog on him, but um, just to hear him, you know feel inspired by the team it inspired me man it's fucking awesome when we start winning and, and we got to keep this thing going i know it's only week three but that was awesome to see uh see us seal the deal again 
with the interception by Seawood this time. That was fucking sweet. Um, what I want to say is, uh, you know, the thing that's inspiring again is that we're improving, you know. Um, run game is starting to open up. We're starting to get some yards. We, uh, you know, Latavius went over 100 yards today. Uh, the defense is starting to get some sacks. It's it's all good, man. Um, it's finally we finally have a freaking team. We have a unit, you know, guys that play together. Something it's really it's just special, man. I think Del Rio has finally we finally found our man in Del Rio and starting to put it together. And uh, just looking forward to uh, to building on this one, man. So we're gonna have some bear sticks next week. Yes, go Raiders, baby. Out. Great call, great way to put it, my man, because winning really solidifies a fan base like nothing else, and they better be worried because it's getting solid up here in the Raider Nation. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is the Raider Realist. What's going on, man? I like this call. I'm telling you, man, this cat's smart. Listen to him. Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Nation. This is Raider Realist calling in again from the East Coast. I don't really have anything prepared today. I'm going to go for two minutes right off the top of the head. Uh, I'm not going to get ahead of myself after this Browns win, but uh, it feels good. You know, they are the Browns. I don't mean to put anybody down. Lord knows that, you know, we as Raiders fans have been hearing our team put down for long enough. But, you know, it was the Browns, so I'm not going to get too excited. A little disappointed that the defense let them get back into it late, but Charles Woodson, ageless wonder, keeps us in it, gets us the win. It's a great job by the team. Uh, These penalties got to stop, though, shooting themselves in the foot. We got a couple lucky breaks with some uh, Cleveland Cleveland penalties. Uh, Am I crazy to say that D.J. Hayden actually looks pretty good in the slot? Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't know what the Raider Nation's thoughts are, but – you know, he. I think he just had his best game of his career. I mean, the fact that I didn't hear his name or didn't have to scream his name, better yet, you know, tells me that he actually had a pretty good game. Uh, Mac got to the quarterback. Alvin Smith looks better every game. And, you know, Derek Carr, he, he's starting to look more and more like the real deal, you know, these weapons and Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. So, you know, Raider Realist, all positive today. Feel good after the win. Uh, hopefully Raider Nation feels the same way. Raider Greg, thanks for what you do. Uh, you know, I'm out. Yeah, we can't get too excited, but man, it's fucking exciting, bro. We're two and one. We're number two in our division, and I think we can beat the hoes too. Man, it's an exciting freaking time to be a Raider fan. Thanks for the call, man. Our next caller, Deep from Salt Lake City, Utah. Raider Ben's in the house. <laughs> Hey, Raider Randy, Raider Greg, this is Raider Ben from Salt Lake City. I just want to say I fucking love the show. I appreciate what you guys do. You know, in Salt Lake City, it's it's kind of donkey country here. So any, like, support, news, um, awesome shit I can get from the Raiders, I love it. Look, a couple of comments about the game. I just want to say it's been a long time since I could say this one four-word sentence. Have offense, will travel. I love it. I love it. I love it. Was it perfect? Absolutely not. There's still some shit we need to work on. But overall, we won the game. What more do you need? 
And on the defense, how fucking spectacular was it? Charles Woodson, Hall of Fame, all the way, seals the game. Oh, my God. I cannot express to you how much I love that shit. All right. Hey, keep up the good work. I love you. I love the Raider Nation. Go Raiders. Out. First, thanks for the props, brother. It's always good. And like Raider Realist was saying, DJ Hayden, I mean, this made a huge difference, I believe, in our defense. I know it sounds stupid, but I think Hayden is starting to play like we drafted him. Let's hope it continues. And our next caller is Nebraska Raider. What's going on, brother? He's holding up the Midwest. What's up? Hey, Raider Nation, this is Nebraska Raider calling in, man. That last game, it came down to uh, Seawood, man. It came down to Charles Woods, man. He, he came up with the interception at 39 years old. Can you believe that shit? I mean, after having dislocated shoulder two years ago, he comes up with a uh, with a pick in, in, in the fourth to seal the game. I mean, that just shows the commitment that he has put in his body and his play and his faith, God. And, uh, you know, it, I mean, it's just awesome. And, I mean, the win is awesome, but I'm not, kind of, I'm, I'm not calling about the win today. Um, I want to call about something uh, that uh, affected me personally that um, my uncle helped in doing. And it was uh, my uncle, Mark. He lives in Tucson, Arizona, and he uh, sent a picture of myself wearing a Raiders sweatshirt and him um, on the way up to Flagstaff. And, uh, you know, we were having fun. We took the picture, and he sent that picture to Raiders headquarters, and he sent it also to Derek Carr's personal facility or uh, address. And... uh, with a letter saying that, you know, we're both Christian guys and, uh, you know, we, we've just been waiting for a leader on this team who's a Christian man to come in and lead this team by his faith, his family, and his football in the greatest way possible. And Derek Carr has been that. So my uncle sent that picture and letter to Derek Carr and the Oakland Raiders facility. And last Tuesday... I got a uh, unmarked letter in the mail. It was only addressed to me. didn't have any uh, return address. And it was a picture of Derek Carr and his brother. It was kind of sliced in half um, at Fresno State. And it said, God bless D.C. And also, along with that picture, I got a... Uh, uh, Derek Carr rookie card uh, signed DC by Derek Carr as well. So, I mean, that just goes to show you and show the nation that, I mean, Derek Carr, I mean, even if it was signed by somebody in the office, I mean, that, that, which I'm sure it was not, but that just goes to show you how much the Raider Nation means to this person, DC, Derek Carr, and uh, the rest of the organization to even give him that uh, letter, you know, and for him to respond to um, a letter like that, um, 
you know, because I'm sure I'm not the only one that's sending sending these guys letters saying, hey, this is what you need to do, uh, congratulations on the last game, all that stuff. But, I mean, it, that that is just awesome in my opinion, man. And, you know, it's just <laughs> – I am so, so glad to be a Raider fan, even in the ups and downs. Uh, even when we lose, I'm still proud. Even And when we win, man, I'm just – as we all are. So, man – I got the uh, I got a bunch of Bears friends, Bears fans who are friends of mine, and we're gonna go watch this game at DJ's dugout next week. And man, I just hope we can pull this out because there's no reason not to. I mean, they just got blown out by the Seattle Seahawks, so why can't we go out and win this game at their at their home stadium and 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 then just you know go off a th- come off a three and one win. Uh, three and one season, and uh, you know, hopefully, just put it to, put it to, uh, put it to uh, Peyton Manning, man. I mean, we actually got pressure on the quarterback today, and we had a lot of big plays. So I'm gonna leave the rest of that to uh, Raider Nation. I just want to tell my story of this week, and uh, I appreciate it, man. Uh, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, man, you guys are awesome. Thank you. That is all about Derek Carr, and no, it wasn't signed by anybody else. I mean, this <laughs> this is our team, man. This is our leader. How long have we walked through the desert, bro? How long? Thank you for sharing that with us, brother. It's just another example of what makes the, the Raiders different than anybody else. And our next caller from behind the orange curtain, my very good brother. You know him as the Disciple Raider. What is up, bro? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, brother and sister of the Raider Nation. This is the one and only Disciple Raider of Orange County. Nice win today, guys. Another 300-yard day for Carr. Uh, Cooper, another 100-yard day. Some good running. Damn good defense. Five sacks, man. Uh, congratulations to the guys. They really played well. Hate to uh, beat a dead horse, but I think we need to clean up uh, those third and longs, man. That's going to kill us. I hope we can clamp down a little bit. Um, also, the tight end thing. It seems to be a blueprint that we can't see to do with the tight end. It's going to get worse and worse if we don't put a stop to that. But again, man, um, I think we did really well today. The team seems to be coming around. We got uh, the Chicago Bears next week, and I think that should be another road win. Um, they really got to go in there and they handle their business like they did today. We should be no problem. Um, three and one. Then we got the Broncos after that. Don't want to look too far ahead, but a nice one today. And I'm very happy for the guys and, and the Raider Nation. So uh, starting to look good. And uh, everybody, you uh, have a safe week. And uh, we'll see what happens next weekend. All right? I'm out. Yeah, the tight ends, big issue. Um, but, you know, we'll see. So far, it's starting to get better. We're improving. So maybe we'll handle that this game. We need to for sure before we play Denver. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller from Watford, England, the Bearded Raider. What's up, my man? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is the Bearded Raider from Watford, England. 
Hope you guys are well. Uh, it's becoming quite a bad habit winning these games. You know, it's a consecutive winning streak of two games. Who would have thought it? Beginning of the season, uh, a lot of the pundits had us uh, winning two games for the whole year. So I guess uh, if we're going to go by their thought, we may as well uh, lose everything the rest of the year. Don't think that's going to happen though. Um, I noticed uh, on Twitter we were getting some people from uh, news channels saying that you know the Raiders possibly could had uh, be playoff bound and and things like this. In particular, CBS had mentioned it and uh, NBC, which uh, channel I know you're quite fond of. Uh, and you know what? I did tweet back out that we don't have short memories. We remember all these years that you've been trashing us, giving us. Uh, a hard time, uh, not just a hard time, really, really burying us into the ground as a piece of trash and, you know, making a joke out of us. We don't forget, but we're rising up and we're slowly coming back to uh, our former days. The offense looked uh, pretty sharp and not so much in the second half as much as the, the first quarter, quarter and a half. Uh, Derek Carr looked very sharp. Amari Cooper, what can you say? Amazing. Um other than that, uh, if we go over to the defensive side, still that issue with the tight ends. Uh, all this tight end problem is starting to give me a tight end, I can tell you. Uh, but you know what? Uh, a lot of encouragement. The defense stepped up a lot. The pressure was on. Uh, Khalil Mack came up with two uh, sacks. Good to see because he was getting a lot of uh, naysayers saying that he's not really up to the job as much as people have thought. But uh, we know better. And... Um, the rest of the defense showed up, and it was all sealed off by our uh, old dog, Mr. Woodson. Much respect to you, and much respect to Raider Nation, Raider Randy, Raider Greg. Much love. Keep the good work up. Take care, guys. The tight end problem is giving you a tight end problem? That is priceless, bro. <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. Now our next caller... Obi-Wan Raider has been calling this show from the freaking beginning. And it's few and far between that we've celebrated a momentum change in this organization. And this is what I love to hear. What's up, bro? What is up, Raider Nation? Obi-Wan Raider here and calling in from Magnolia, Texas. That's the shit I'm talking about right there. You bet, you fucking come back and you win a game at home, then you take that same momentum out on the road, and you go and you fucking handle business, especially against the fucking Brownies. I was tired of losing to the motherfuckers. I'm fucking excited as hell right now, Raider Gray. In true Jedi Obi-Wan Sith fashion, let me temper my excitement with a little bit of what the fuck. Our secondary, our corner especially DJ Hayden, is fucking atrocious. Now, it turns out it was a good move moving uh, TJ Carey over to safety. He's got a little hitter in him. I like that. The way he broke up that pass block, that was good. Nico Thorpe was, was looking good. But fucking DJ Hayden, man, this motherfucker need to be bitched. David Emerson was doing a better job than he was, and DJ Hayden's been in our damn system for going on. Three years now in terms of the basic fundamentals, Ken Norton didn't change everything we were doing. 
it's still a lot of press man, which is what Seattle ran. We were running that before anyway. At any rate, I'm just happy to see Derek Carr have another game back-to-back. You know, our case of crabs is doing pretty good. I know I was on his ass. Uh, he does it again. I might have to get on, put one foot on the, the crab wagon. Amari Cooper, I mean, the kids breaks in out of routes are fucking amazing. But, hey, look, hold on to the fucking ball. That means if it touches your hands, you catch it. You don't fumble it up either. Because I'm going to see it go up higher on them. But Tavis Murray, thank you, offensive line, for getting this brother some fucking running lanes. Chris Sims, it was really good hearing him call the game because for once, it wasn't slanted against the Raiders. He just kept giving the Raiders props and kept giving the Raiders props. And, you know, I know he's got a minute question on Khalil Mack. So it's all good, dude. It was good to see that on a televised game and for someone actually looking out for the Raiders' interests. Normally, you only get that when you have Papa on there or anything else like that. At any rate, Raider Greg, that's my time. Obi-Wan Raider out. Much love and respect to Raider Greg, Raider Randy, for keeping this going. Hey, it's all good in the neighborhood this week, boys. Let's go, Raiders. Now we got to kick the donkey's asses. Obi-Wan Raider out. Well, you know, brother, I know our, our Hayden has been bad for a long time, but honestly, I think he's getting better. We'll see. We got another game, but I do believe his whole technique has improved. He's much more on the guy. He's getting some flags, but I think that's what he needed. <clears throat> Let's hope that he keeps improving. I like what he played against the Brownies. I think he did a pretty damn good job, honestly, bro. So uh, they kept going after him. He 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 did pretty good. So he covered a really good receiver. I think uh, you got to give Hayden some props, brother. Thanks for the call, man. Our next caller is my buddy Raider Dan from KC. Now listen to what he has to say, because it is so freaking true. <laughs> listen carefully about this new feeling that he never had really before. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Dan from KC. Man, you know, I listen to our boys on the internet like I, like I tell you I always do. You know, once uh, Seth Roberts caught the touchdown, we won up 17-3, and we won in halftime with that score. You know, for the first time, I didn't know how to act. I mean, I, I, I knew we had the game. I mean, I really do. I really knew we had the game. I knew the game was over. I mean, listen to Greg Popper and how they changed the defense and the coaching. I was like, man, I feel uncomfortable, but we winning. And I'm like, I know we got this. These dudes got this. I mean, I just feel the confidence. I seen the confidence. And once I got to watch the highlights, man, car on point, he's scary. And uh, these punk-ass Chiefs fans, they scared. They know we got something. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't want to jinx everybody. But, uh, you know, I had a, had a chief fan tell me uh, a couple of days ago that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys win the West. That's from a punk-ass Chiefs fan. I guess the motherfucker might be right. And you know I'd be right. I know you're right. We're going to win the West. I'm going to say it. Raider Randy, this is Raider Dan, and I'm out. Go Raiders. I love that positiveness, man. Totally, truly believe it myself. 
one game at a time. I'm following Del Rio on this. I I, I know we can, but I, every game makes a difference. We'll see. But man, is it fucking exciting or what? <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. Our next caller is my very good brother, Rada Frank. Him and his family, great fans, go to every game. Good people, man. Good Rada Nation brother. And very smart, too. Check him out. What's up, Frank? Rita Greg, this is Rita Frank. How you guys doing today? Just wanted to throw some little comments out there about yesterday's game against the Browns. Well, we took another one and setting us up to take another one from Chicago, who's not looking too good either. So, you know, we're doing a lot better. Things are looking up. Um, I still see a couple of things that they need to work on. One of the things I, I wish they would do is just kind of put the hammer down. You know, we can't we can't stick with a 10-point lead or a two-score lead. We need to really get busted out and, and not get confident, you know, get the offense going more. Um, you know, we did have a little bit of run game. Um, Latavius Murray was able to get through the line. Our passing game is just opening that up big time. And, and, you know, that's what's keeping these guys back on their heels. You know, our defense played better. We got some sacks. We got some good pressure on the quarterback. Uh, DJ Hayden played a little better, but still he showed some weaknesses. The linebackers, you know, we're still kind of opening up that middle for some of these tight ends and some of these bigger wide receivers. But overall, you know, I give us a B. Even though... You know, we won. It's still a B, I believe, because uh, there's still a lot more we can improve on. But the defensive backs, the safeties, the linebackers, the defensive line all did a good job, and you could tell they were moving to the ball faster. We were stopping the run, and that's a huge improvement. The attitude that these guys are taking is just incredible. You know, uh, like I said before, I just wish the offensive coordinator would, you know, open it up a little bit more um, when we have the lead and, you know, lay the hammer down. You know, we need more than just a 10-point lead. We need 14, 21 points. We need to get it so that we're never behind. We're never, you know, anticipating these guys catching up to us and, and taking over the game. I think we can do that with Chicago. You know, their defense is good. Their offense is weak. They got a backup quarterback right now, and uh, you know if if the the starter actually does play, I still think we can take it to him because he's been he's been known to to give it up uh, on the interceptions. And uh, just looking forward to this game, man. Uh, go Raiders! Yeah, man, we could be looking at three and one when they come home to play the Broncos which I'm sure I'll see you at that game. But yeah, you know that the tight end problem, I think we're going to be able to work that. Malcolm Smith in the middle calling the defense. I think that's what the key here is. I think that's the big difference in this game. I think that's the improvement of defense. I think the calls are better and I think they're positioned better. Let's just see, man. I'm pretty pumped up. You are too. Damn, it's so nice to get some wins. Our next caller, the Raider General, 
He's been through, through a few battles here, like the rest of us. He's a little gun-shy, but I think he's coming around. Hey, Raider Nation, Raider General, Michigan. Hey, I uh, went on a rant after that first loss, and uh, after the Ravens win, um, I, I'm, I'm too seasoned a Raider fan to, to uh, celebrate too soon, so... I was not about to uh, call in and spread any accolades anywhere because I know the other shoe is bound to drop. But Cleveland game, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm still skeptical of this team, but all I have to say is, holly fucking yuya, yeah whatever it is. <laughs> uh, two games in a row. I don't know that my son has seen that before. So that's something to be thankful for. So I'm happy. I hope you're all happy. Bring on the freaking bears. They're hurt. They're limping. We should eat them alive. We'll be three and one. Let's hope to God that Denver stumbles and falls soon. Cause I don't think chargers and chiefs are a problem. And these damn Detroit lions where I live, couldn't take care of business the other night. But anyways, uh, Raider Nation, something to be thankful for, right? Small baby steps. We're getting there, all right? I'm out. You know, it's talking about your son and him seeing some of these victories. Damn. You know what? We've been having such a hard time for so long that there are generations of children who've never seen a winning season from this team. That's going to change. I believe it's changing right now. What an epic time to be a fan. Your son can witness the biggest turnaround in NFL history this season. Because we got possibilities if we continue to grow and get tougher and more together as a team. Uh, it could be scary in Oakland. Well, Raider Nation, that will do it for this episode of the Raider Nation podcast. Now, I was just listening to some, some stats and some things about superheroes and Carr and Cooper and Mac and how the mainstream media is bringing these guys up and the fantasy football is really focusing on these three players. Let me say this. The culture that Del Rio has created in Oakland is that of a team. It's that of fighting for each other. It's that of fighting for the guy next to you Forget what everybody's saying outside. We're a team. We're going to keep it here and be humble and continue to work hard to win games and bring this team back to where they're supposed to be feared by every other team in the NFL. Well, I believe that's the beginning of that has happened. I want to get ahead of myself, but you know and I know that this is a different arena, a different Raiders a different culture, and something that you can certainly be proud of and know that any Sunday in this season, 2015, the Raiders can come back and kick some ass. On that, I look forward to the Bears rug. <laughs> I am Raider Greg, and I am out. <laughs>